Put your hands together and welcome your very own Dunstable Town Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Talk of the Town Podcast. I am your host, Andy Burrows. Today I am joined by none other than the Dunstable Town Manager, Mr. Joe Deeney. Joe, how are you, sir? Very, very good, mate. Very good, especially after a win last night. I thought this might be a bit more of an awkward one if uh, we'd just been beat. So uh, You good, thought good it would be awkward. I was praying we didn't lose, mate. <laughs> so I'm glad we're doing this like now and we won and it's all good, my yeah, man. Me too. But it's all good. But um, so, Joe, you've, you've been in the Dunstable Town job now for pretty much bang on one year. Yes. Um, before we get into everything and current games and players, and how would you sum up your first year in charge of uh, Dunstable Town? Oh, crikey. Uh, fascinating. Um, <laughs> loads of ups and downs. Uh, and I've got to be honest, it surpassed my expectations. I think when I sort of went in for the job, um, it was at a time in my life, really, I think when I, when I told people I was going to take the job, people looked at me like I was cuckoo. They, they would just genuinely couldn't believe I'd decided to do it. I remember one guy actually said to me, he was, he was a trusted confident, he said, I'm just a little bit worried. He says, is this like, you know, because your dad's recently gone, is this like a grieving process? Because I took the day, believe it or not, we agreed the job, the day of my dad's sort of memorial funeral thing. So wow. people thought, you know, is he, is he, is, you know, what's going on here? It's quite a significant drop. But I've got to be honest, the, the club took me by surprise when I went to meet with them. I was, you know, we obviously met in a hotel and um, sort of got there. There was a panel of five people and I thought, wow, this is, this is really professional. It's different to what I've noticed before. And, I think straight away you, you get a feel for things. And I've met with quite a few chairmen and been offered a few other jobs, but never really got that feel that I did from the chairman and the, and the directors at the time. And, and to be honest with you, that they've surpassed my expectations because sometimes you promise things at interviews or you are promised things. And then when it actually comes to it, you never get it. Um, but credit to them that they've, they've delivered and they've gone above and beyond. And, and the support network, I, you know, I remember the great Sir Alex Ferguson saying, don't pick a club, pick a chairman. And I mm. think that really is personified with the football club and the club's growing at an unbelievable rate. You know, so getting yourself on board now, the way the social media people are. I've got to be honest, there's times when I'm starting to think now, are we getting so much more interest, not because of the style of play, but because they're going to, they think they're going to become famous on podcasts and <laughs> Instagrams and all that stuff. But it's been a, a, a real eye-opener. Um, obviously, you know, our first session was 52 weeks and a day. Um, you know, obviously tomorrow's our first session. First session, I, I'll never forget it. Um, I sent three home before the session even started. Um, sort of, you know, get the boys there for quarter to eight because I, I just felt that was, and you know, not an indictment on anything that's gone on before, but the culture had to shift. You know, you can't be sitting bottom of the league with the record that we had if things were going well. Mm -hmm. And we had a real big attendance of training, but I had three lads stroll across in flip-flops um, eight minutes past eight, I told them, come on, get a jog on. And they just they just had no urgency. So I pulled them and said, look, I don't know who you boys are. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you might be the best players. You might be the worst. I, I have no idea, but we're not going to get on uh, and move them on quite quickly. Um, did the first session. I was baffled at the end of it that a few of them sort of came up to me and said, cool, that's quite intense. And I thought, and as I kept they said, you know, we're not used to this. I said, yeah, I know, but we are used to losing. So just remember that. Things have yeah. got to change. We're all promised the opportunity on the, on the game on the hair field. And, you know, I've got certain values, real values. You know, I do things that, that drive people, 
my opposition managers nuts, I'm sure. You know, we run in at half time, as I'm sure you've seen. You know, me, everything's about urgency. We're, we're there, get get us into the dressing room, allows the boys to calm down, and no one else does that. I think psychologically, it's caused a, a few scraps with opposition players this year where they've sort of got themselves into a position why are they running in and then they have a row amongst themselves. <laughs> and it's just, just certain things that I believe. You know, I believe in if people are going to pay hard earned money, run around. And yeah. we went to Hairfield. Um, meet times, you know, I got there at 5 to 12. The meet time was quarter past one. Um, got everything set up, dressing room set up. And we got players strolling in at 2 o'clock, 5 past 2. Um, it's all a joke to them, you know. And then I caught one lad getting out uh, out the car and uh, his pre-match meal was a, a grab bag size of a roast chicken crisp and a big ginsters. And <laughs> I've got to be honest, I sort of stood there. I thought, what have I done here? And... To him, that was just normal. And to me, I thought, right. And um, I think we were 3 0 down after about 15 minutes. And yeah. I thought, oh, is that that game? Be... Oh, oh, it was horrific. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> when they ran in at half time, that's probably the most, some of them have ran all game, to be fair. The um, worrying thing was, mate, I beat half of them over. That was that was the concern. So straight away, I thought, oh. I could see you and go. Dirk's running, and I'm thinking, all these players are looking at it, and I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on here? You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, these boys are in for a shock. But yeah, I get it, mate. I mean, from, from where you were at that game to where we are now is, oh my God, you can't even describe it. I mean, did you have any preconceptions of the club before you come here? Obviously, you said you'd spoke to people yep. and obviously the preconceptions that you heard compared to where we are now must be like you said, you've got a good chairman, you've got a good infrastructure. Mm. That doesn't happen at a lot a lot of clubs. That goes throughout the pyramids. Jeez, I've yeah, supported Tottenham my whole life pretty much and that club's <laughs> been a shambles that many times. So to get it at non-league level is very special. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think that, you know, certainly from, from our perspective, I stand by it. Every, everything's about your recruitment and your retention of players. It's, you know, we the, the club afford us a, a two-hour slot on a Thursday night in terms of the 3G, which allows us to do all our shape work. And they've given us the, the backing to get, you know, the video technology that allows us to analyse it. And some people might think that it's a non-league club. It's, oh, it's OK, you just turn up. It's, it's an hour or a couple of hours every week. It's 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 24-7. The job mm. doesn't leave you the, the intensity which you, you work at. You know, in terms of preconceived ideas, I've played for the club for a short time, um, actually finished my career at a club. I've got the injury at Creasy Park that finished me. Um, so, you know, I'll never forget that. But I, I've sort of seen the club from afar and always followed them and seen the troubles that they got into. And the, obviously, I know the previous one of the previous managers, Tony McCall, really well. Mm. And I spoke to him about it. I said, look, what do you think? And and he was very, very complimentary about the the directors, the club, the chairman. He said, look, they're fantastic people. I've said it a thousand times. I still think that our directors are too nice. Um, but I'd rather that than, than, you know, than the other way around where sometimes they're, they're very, very difficult to work with. I had watched them play in two games. So it wasn't as if I was coming in completely blind to it. I thought that was important. We watched, the, ironically, the first win against Harpenden. Um, which obviously Anthony Christoffi was was in caretaker charge at the time, and then and then we saw them obviously at Tring as well. So we were a little bit incognito. We spoke to the club on on the on the um, game against Harpenden. That was when we sort of met Gary and spoke to the chairman, and just found out really what they were looking for. And then before obviously going into to the next stage of it, we went across to Tring, and I just sort of hid in the corner. Um, didn't want to cause a scene. Just wanted to see see it for what it was. And there were there were some some not bad players. 
but I just felt there was a huge culture shift that needed to change. And, and that was the big thing. We, we felt, or I felt that I had enough access to players that I could bring them in, get them in through the door. And I stand by it, mate. Whether we, whether we think we're good coaches, bad coaches, the top coaches in the world, I still stand by it. I think had we have not brought the players that we did in, I think we would have gone down. I really do. I think the squad was in such a, such a space where it almost become, it's okay. It's just another loss. It's okay. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it sit right with me because there were some people on some, some decent money, you know, not, not earth shattering, but for step five, it was, it was more than they were more than I thought they were valued. And I was very honest from the start. I said, you get opportunities here, but you, you're not going to get a long time to show me you should be here. And, Certain things, you know, people disappearing on holidays for two weeks. I just smack bang in the middle of the season was just so alien to me. And, you know, getting clapped off the pitch at 3-0 down at half time was a, a really resonated with me. And I thought, wow, this is a club full of great people who I actually think, to be fair, deserve more. I thought the supporters deserve more. I thought the chairmans deserve more. You know, even at the end of the game, I'm sitting there, we've lost 4-0 and I can't believe it. And, and I'm looking at our chairman, I'm looking at the directors and good as gold with us they're so supportive and you think right now something's got to change here that's why we did what we did and credit to the players as I said it's as much them than it is anything mate it's Jamie Nichols played a huge part in that turnaround sort of bringing him in Carl Faulkner um, Jardel Sterling Liam McCrow and you know I'm not going to name every one of them but there was mm-hmm. loads of boys you know young kids Ethan Creary Terence McChinaripi there was so many that came in that really gave us that boost and that that edge that we needed. And for me, you know, that that was a real catalyst to kicking on. And, you know, I look at someone like Dan Naylor and Rory Mills yesterday have come in and done really, really well, but they were regulars last year. Mm-hmm. And this year, yeah. the younger players, I keep forgetting, you know, that Dan's 21 and Rory's 19. Yeah. They're still babies. Yeah. But last year, there was a lot of pressure put on their shoulders to get us from the bottom of the league to where we were. And that's a credit to the players as much as anything, because I can stand there beating my chest, jumping around on the sideline as much as I want. If they're not prepared to do the hard yards and run around, actually, there's not really much you can do. And with the previous group that we inherited, lovely lads, some of them, but I, I thought they their day in the sun had come to an end. And I was quite, yeah. uh, quite honest with them about that. I didn't hide from that. And I think you would have known it yourself, mate. You'd be oh, mate, I, um, I, had, I had a similar situation. Uh, we took over Grendon. And mm. we took our very first training session and they come up to us after half hour and they were like, Andy, we're knackered. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I looked at my watch, I was like, half hour. And this is just what I called the warm up for the training yeah. session. So yeah, I get it, mate. I get it. I mean, that's I, I that's why I've kind of, I've seen the transition from what we were to where we are now. I mean, how important is it? I mean, a lot of people, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to speak to yourself and Dirks and Jammers. How important is it that players buy into the ethos of what you want to do at this club? Like you said, I've heard some stories about people, you know, you've met players before and they're not giving you the full attention but they've had headphones in. Get yeah. out, mate. We don't want you. And I get the impression with these group of lads and they're all great group of lads. And this is very, rare at non-league football and probably at any football they're all on the same page there's no egos yeah. uh they you know don't get me wrong no one likes to be sitting on the bench and stuff like that but i don't see players trying to strop like i've seen before at non-league level i've mm-hmm. seen people walk off when they've been subbed how important is it for you that the players and everyone around you buys into the ethos of what ethos of what you're trying to do at the club well, for me, it's an absolute non-negotiable, and, and I, I get called. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that will go, "Joe, you're a dinosaur." You know, that that was that was the dark ages. I always stand by it as the manager. Um, the buck stops with me, rightfully so. I will say, no, no player in the dressing room will ever be more powerful or have a bigger ego than me. Won't happen. It, and I know some people say that's churlish. For me, that the minute you allow non-negotiables to be broken, which we have, you know, players have have done that, and they've been moved on immediately. 
Because for me, what once you go down that route where you allow one or two things to slip, I, I call it a performance cancer. Once you allow it once and you allow little cells to develop, before you know it, it gets out of control. So, you know, there was a big ethos. I've always been very fortunate. I, I had a lot of these lads from the ages of sort of 15, 16, and I've known them a long time. And that's really, to be honest with you, the nuts and bolts as to why some of them have dropped the levels they have to play and why when we get a seven-day request for Jardel Sterling last week that it can be offered substantially more money at a higher level for the third time since he's been here. He, he's gone ahead and he, he stayed with us because he believes he believes in the process. He believes in what we're doing. And the lads themselves know that I have a lot of non-negotiable certain things where I always say to people, I can live with mistakes. I can take those on the chin. Not always, but I can accept it. <laughs> Attitude errors doesn't happen for me. The minute I think somebody is 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 playing the game, somebody's not not really giving it everything, that they'll be moved on very, very quickly. Because for me, the minute you, you allow one person to break that, you, you set the scene for anarchy. And before you know it, and I've seen, I've seen lots of good managers that are great people, but haven't got, you know, the required skill set to deal with confrontation. And I say to young managers now who want to get into management, they're coaches, and I will say to them, don't seek confrontation. The, the job is a confrontational job. It is because every single week and, you know, my coaching staff are brilliant. You know, I've got a lot of time for him. Jammers has been a fantastic addition, I've got to be honest. Joe Reynolds has been an unreal addition. You know, Lee Cowley, when we get him and he's not with Luton, is, is, is superb because they bring different skill sets to, to obviously the rest of us. And But ultimately, I will say to him, the decision falls on my head and I'll listen, but I'll always go with what I think. And every single week with a squad that we've got, you can only pick 11. You can only put five on the bench unless it's the trophy where you can put seven. And sometimes I've got to be honest with you, I'm delighted when I can put seven on the bench because you think, well, actually, that's just two less that are disappointed this week. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had the goalkeeping situation this week and everyone said to me, it will never work. It will never work. Full credit to Connor Coulson and Charlie Jones. They've been unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The way that they've behaved, they've not they've not thrown a hissy fit. Yeah, they're disappointed. Of course they are. They're, they're going to always be disappointed because they want to play. But... For me, they, they know that I won't tolerate sulkers. I won't tolerate mopers. I won't tolerate what I call energy sappers. They, they, they don't last very long because I'm sure you guys see it on the sidelines. I'm not somebody that sits still and, you know, one of these people in my chinos with me <laughs> posh shoes and a soppy shirt on. Some of my friends <laughs> come just to see you. I've heard that, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're getting quite a few young supporters. I'm thinking, I hope they don't copy me at home. But it's that's that's the ethos. I can you, just imagine these kids at home. Mum, do you speak as English? <laughs> Sprechen's the English bitter. As I That's said my to favourite. You busted that one out yesterday and I just started laughing. Oh, he's brilliant. It's when I walked past and I said to the referee, it's not every day you learn a bit of French. And he's good. That was German. I went, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. That got him on his toes. That's, That's for sure. Brilliant. But you have to buy into that, mate. As I said, we, we've we've had, we've got a Colney this week and we've got a drink on a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Not the easiest of journeys for people. And yet we've probably taken 65, 70 people to each game. Mm -hmm. They're the same faces. Young kids are turning up. We, how dare we allow anybody to put that shirt on who's not prepared to run around for those people who spend hard-earned money? I mean, the cost of everything's going up nowadays. You look yeah. at a chicken breast that's gone up through the ceiling. Yeah. Everything seems to be increasing every day other than the salaries. So what, what you're actually doing is people are making bigger sacrifices to come and support us. So the least they expect is us to run around. Yeah. It won't be pretty every week, but you've got to find ways to win. And I think whilst the lads are performing the way that they are, and I stress the lads, not us, then I think, you know, people will hopefully keep coming back to watch us. We'll have a, obviously a big crowd Saturday. There's no getting away from that. 
And um, yeah, there's been a huge culture shift, and that's a credit to all the supporters, by the way, because they, you lot, all of you, yourself included, are there every week. The the support that you guys show to the youth section, to go and watch games, it's incredible. You know, every time I see now, I see Dunstable Town hats and <laughs> jackets. I see little George Lewington today is his birthday, is um, and you know he's all kitted up in his Dunstable Town. All his teammates will be in Man United, Arsenal, Man yeah. City, and he's he's out there, you know, kitting up in Dunstable Town, and I think that speaks volumes of the. The culture that I'd like to think that we we've created, and we've still got a long way to go, mate. We're not we're not sitting here thinking job done and we've cracked it. It's it's a long long way to go, I think. Yeah, I mean that was I mean a lot of people we were chatting the other night, and I mean, um, what would you say is the next step for Dunstable Town? Like you say, you don't want people to get like we've got social media now, we've got podcasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is very easy to get carried away, and you're not going to let any player or any. Uh, person get carried away or anything but what are the next steps for Dunstable Town if you would see you've been around the non-league game for a long time on the yep. field and off the field what would you say are the next steps for the club well I think off the field that the club's probably I've got to be honest with you accelerating uh, an avenue that's quicker than, than we can keep up with it on the pitch if you look at the, the fantastic work everyone's doing to bring new sponsors in, I've got, you know, a couple of people I know have bought sponsorship boards and they've bought into that ethos. They're turning up now. They've, they've supported previous teams and the, the, the club, the work they're doing, they're putting port cabins in. They've they've invested into us. They've they've given us what we need. I mean, some, sometimes I hear budgets that we're allegedly paying, which is I wish we were. Um, but, you know, the club is the success for me in the short term is the club's still here. And that's mm -hmm. a huge credit um, to Neil. You know, to Gary Levy, to Andrew, to Matt Carrington, Julian, Lee, Pete, you know, all the fundraising they do, Scotty, the regiment. Incredible the work that they've all done to keep this football club alive. So when we inherited it, we were in a bad position on the pitch, but really growing off it. And I think, you know, as I said to yourself, I don't know any other non-league clubs doing podcasts, but maybe I might be wrong on that. And that's a step in the right direction. I don't know people that deliver the quality of media work that our media team do. I'd like to think as a, as a management team, we're fairly approachable people where we can mm -hmm. talk to people, where we, I'd never hide from tough questions. So I would say that for me, you've got to have that, that ethos because without the supporters, without the club, it don't matter how good we are. It don't matter how good the players are. We, we won't be here. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, from that perspective off the field, I think the club has just got to continue to ensure that we're sustainable. And I think there's a lot of sensible people in charge now. And I see it at other clubs and I'm not one of those who judges other clubs because at the end of the day, what other clubs do isn't really my business. I don't really care. I care what our football club does. And it saddens me when you see some sports teams, they, they end up in trouble because they, they're bankrolled by a very, very rich owner who at some point goes, I don't want to do this anymore, then disappears and then the club goes into free fall. And we all know examples and case studies where that's happened. On the pitch, for me, it's just to keep winning the next game. And I, I said that, you know, yes, I said that on Sunday and I didn't want to be negative, but I said, you know, well done for beating Colney Heath. But now the most important game of the season is Tuesday against Tring. And the most important game for us now is Leighton on Saturday. And when Leighton's done, it'll be then hardly next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the way I look at it. And a lot of things have been hyped up about the game on Saturday. You know, unless the league send me ratification to say that, by the way, if you win on Saturday, that you've won the title, then for me, it's another game. And, and yeah. I don't, that's a cliche, but it's true, though. It's just another game, just more people watching. And their manager will say the same thing. I'm absolutely sure of it. And I've had people outside the club today say to me, What a big one on Saturday. Like it's a cup final. You know, we, mm. we're getting contacted by mayors and all sorts. And, yeah. and I'm looking at going, and no disrespect, look, I've been involved in much bigger games than this Saturday. Yeah. And if I, if this is the biggest game I'm going to be involved in for the rest of my career, then my career has been very, very bad. 
So yeah. I've got to, I've got to, you know, I'm very balanced about it. Um, we got a, a, it's going to be a good game, I think. I think it'll be a good game between two strong sides this season, and it'll be tough. But for me, I know I don't want to sound like I'm trying to down everything. There. Obviously, I want to get this football club back to step three minimum. That's mm. what I, that's what my vision is. Because for me, if you're not going to aim there, and we're just happy to say, well, can we just float around and be mediocre? Well, I'm not being funny. I'm actually going to do it on a Sunday morning. Yep. I don't want yep. to be mediocre. We had opportunities to take clubs that were struggling at step two. And I looked at it and I thought, what, what, what is your ambition? What just to just to survive every single year? My ambition is to one day manage in the football league. That's that's the vision. And I've been told all my life, you can't do something, you can't do something. You can't uh, there's two words in life I, I hate. I don't like the word try, because mm-hmm. for me, you either you do or you don't. You know, you don't try a pizza. Yeah. You, you have it or you don't have a pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, try the only word try exists is in rugby. Yeah. You know, yeah. the word can't can't for me is a mindset. When people say you can't do something, well. That's 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 nonsense. That that's a, that's a limited belief. So I think, from our perspective, that, that that's the big thing is to not limit ourselves and go. Well, can we just float around and stay stay ninth place and step five, please? No chance. We we want to do well in the every cup we're in. We want to do. We want to win the thing. That's I'm not going to hide from that. I'd love to win the league. That's the aim. Um, everyone will play their chances down. I want to win the title this year. Mm. Now, whether or not that happen will be depending on how good I am, how good my players are. That's the reality. And if we don't win the league this year, we finish second, we finish third, we finish fourth. For me, that's failure. I've, I've failed the objective that I've set myself. That isn't pressure from the football club. That's what I want to achieve. And at the end of the day, that's where I set my bar. Mediocrity for me doesn't sit well. I, I, I'm I'm all or nothing. Yeah. Every game, you know, you win, you drive home, the world's a better place you know the rain comes down and the rain looks fantastic it's wonderful the rainbows look brighter than ever the sun shines even hotter than normal when you get beat any manager will tell you the only way i can describe it is like a period of morning it's horrific you sit you go home you you don't want to talk to anybody you know my wife erica bless her she's she knows she's known now a long time just to stay out the way because she knows i'm a pain in the backside um and that's that's where I sit, mate. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. The ambition for me is to keep winning, make sure we go up. That's what I want to do. And if anything mm. less than that, I'll fail as far as, as, far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, one thing as well, Joe. I mean, I've had this question. I've been involved in non-league football, playing and coaching and stuff. How does um, non-league football um, affect life? Just in general, because it is it takes up so much time, and it, you literally got to give everything to it. That's oh, a great question, mate. Um, it consumes me because I'm an all or nothing kind of person. Um, I'm one of those those people, you know, I, I probably exhaust people all the time because I'm on the go all the time. If I was going to go and start fishing, I've never fished in my life. If I was going to start fishing, I'd be one of those people out there 12 hours a day. It's what I did in my MMA career. You know, I, I got into it because I just had a desire to be the best that I could. Um, but it does consume you, you know. So, like, for example, last night, the game finishes, I drive home, I upload it onto VO. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm then clipping it. I'm then analysing it. I'm analysing the bench. I'm going, right, what, what did I say? I mic myself up for games. People don't know that. I listen to my audio on the way. Oh, home. my God, I need to hear that after a game. Yeah, I, I, think we'll, I think I'll share that one with you privately at some Jeez, point. Jeez, my God. Even times when you drive home because you go, cracky Moses. And you can you can feel the energy. And I've got to be honest, I, it's always difficult, the old volume, because every now and then I'll shout something and you think, crikey. People driving past nearly crash, so I've got to, uh, got to calm that down. But we, it's like anything. And then the prep goes. You know, we I send players out dossiers and documents on a Friday, and you know they're they're well, you know, got diagrams. We do our eleven v eleven shape on a Thursday. I'll probably take too much on. I'm I'm not a great delegator to be honest. I've got better 
since Jammers has come in because he can now is the the link he has with the players is yeah, great link. brilliant. Yeah, it is, and I think it was important because like like I say, I've got a very tight relationship with my players, every one of them. So when those boys are in trouble in their life. I'm always their their first point of call. They'll call me about some stuff that I would never share with my coaches because yep. it's private yeah. private stuff. And they know, like they go out, they went out for the Christmas party last year because they're all young lads. You know, I'm up till three o'clock in the morning waiting for one of them to call me and say there's there's problems. I said, if there's any problems, you must ring me. I'll be I'll be straight up there. <laughs> so I spend my life, you know, I'm taking little Terrence to his MRI scan next Monday. You know, to, to, and they're the little things, but ultimately. Jammers if you don't walk in with Terence on your shoulder when you get to the hospital, I'm going to be disappointed. I was at a game at Cedars today and one of our lads has done a knee, but he's done it as far away from the pitch as possible. So I've five minutes carried him over to the dugout, took him back to the dressing room and then I realised it's a big hill. So I'm, I'm certainly knowing my age, mate. 38, I'm knocking on a bit. Yeah, it's, mate. It's, it's like that, isn't it? You've got to have that link. And yeah. I think with, with Jammers, what he does is he speaks to the players on a different level because ultimately the decision falls at my door. And I... Every week is the same. 11 players take the field. They think the manager's brilliant. Five think the manager's okay. The seven or eight sitting at home watching Netflix are sitting there thinking, I don't like the manager. Mm-hmm. And then next week, it'll be the, those eight, maybe two or three of those will be involved again. They think I'm all right or they think I'm great again. And, and you have to accept that. And I've seen lots of managers have have real breakdowns over it because they're so, so paranoid about, do people like me? Do people... I will say to people, being liked is, isn't the most important thing to me. Uh, it's it's because ultimately I've got to tell you the truth. I've got to be honest. And I've never, ever hidden from that honesty. And I think, you know, when you say, does it consume you? Well, it does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nonstop. It's even when you go into, you know, theme parks with your daughters, you're sitting there and you're thinking, right. Okay. Well, what's this to mine to go with there? How did we lose that one yesterday? Mm. And your whole Sunday sounds horrible. And, and only managers will understand it. And obviously you've done yeah. it yourself. I get it. Is that you go into a fog, you go into a mist. It's horrific. But when you're winning, it's the best feeling in the world. They get a, so much of a better joke. Yeah. When you're getting beat, oh, I'm horrible when we lose. Not, yeah. not because I shout. I just go very quiet. I just float in and out of, you know, sort of the conversation you hear, but you're not really here. You're yeah. sort of semi-involved. It's a good job, mate. As I said, I'm, I'm lucky we're backed by wonderful chairman and, and good good supporters and people who understand. And, you know, we haven't got the old keyboard warriors that go after people because I've got to be honest with you, I don't overly read all that stuff. Oh, mate, don't you? Yeah. Try hosting no, an NFL podcast, mate. Don't get involved in all that. Yeah, well, I've, I've adopted your team now, mate. Yeah, mate. My, Jesus, team you are, you are glutton for punishment, mate. You are glutton for punishment. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I get it, mate. I mean, I, I like you say, I, I've been there. I always said to my players, I'm not here to be your mate, but I'll never let you down for anything. And that's the way I take everything through life and everything. You know, never let me, players, I'm, I was like you, you can ring me at two in the morning, I'll be there for yeah. someone. Um. Joe, just wrapping up, mate, it's been great to sit down and chat with you. How would you sum up the season so far? Um, we haven't lost a league game. Um, obviously, we did relatively well in the FA Cup. I mean, you know, that was just, I think for me, that was just a freak day where things didn't quite yeah. go our way. Um, happens every now and again in football. I know speaking to you privately that you weren't happy about that game. Certain things went wrong. But all in all, we sit here in October and, you know, if you'd said to me, this time year and a bit ago when I first started following the club and I used to come home, my wife used to go to me, how many did they lose by this week? Now she goes, one again, did you? You know, yeah, so yeah. you know, that's that's how things have changed around here. But how would you sum up so far the season as we sit here? You know, I know you said you grab it 10 games by 10 games, which is, yeah. I honestly, I know, too, I know so many managers that say, look, 10 game blocks, 10 game blocks. How would you sum it up so far, mate? Full credit to the players, full credit to everything at the club, the attendances, I think, for a start, I've been 
mind blowing. Both home and away. You know, we're getting you know close to three hundred every single week. And when we first joined the club, it was a it was a long way short of that. Mm. Just, I think if you'd said to me back in July, um, you'd be twelve games in, you'd be ten wins, one draw, and a loss. I think, I think I'd have took that. I've got to be honest. As much as I don't, I don't like getting beat. I think we learned so many lessons from that Sheffield game. I think we came away a little bit from our identity. We'd had a really good spell of games where we dominated the ball. And then, I, you know, we'd had some good rotations, good patterns. And then we just, on the day, the first goal was always going to be going to be important and we give away a soft one. And when you look at it without being horrible, you look at the draw and obviously we could have done with a little bit more prize money. But I look at how that's, because you always do, you look at how the mm-hmm. pathway is going to arrive. And, so, you know, I think it's the Nomads and you play um, Chesterfield. So that would have, we'd progressed all the way through there we'd have played them at home. So I don't think we'd have got a great crowd, but I think, you know, looking at Chesterfield as a club, I know quite well, I think we would, we would have had a, had a difficult day at the office. Mm-hmm. Our league four, you know, we probably, in fairness, with a draw against Tring, we were disappointed with large parts of our game, which we rectified last night. And I think it's a, it's a real testimony to the players, but we've learned different ways to, to win, look, different ways to compete. And I think that's important. And, you know, yesterday, I look at the game. Yesterday is a great example of, of, of the transition from the group. They are so keen to take information on. So yesterday, they play with lots of rotations in midfield. They want to, you know, build from the back. And, and we're telling our players, you know, real key bits of information in terms of shoulders to lock on and how to how to go in with people, how to nullify them. And they, and I think there was a credit to us that they had to change their way and start shelling balls forward towards the end because they'd, they'd run out of ideas. And our group at the moment, it makes me optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm not carried away because if you look at the next three games that we've got, again, if you look, you know, you look over the next next week because you always have to keep an eye just a little bit further than the one ahead because you've got to think about squad rotation, squad depth, mm-hmm. who's going to be okay. There's obviously the situation with work. I think to be in this position is not, not, not bad at the moment, but it's, as I always say, the reason I'm, I'm always sounding a doom and gloom man trying to put the brakes on everybody is because you can have a bad, bad month at this level and you can end up 10 games without a win. Yeah. So, you know, Saturday's probably going to be as hard a challenge as we're going to face all season. And I think, you know, that I, I believe they'll show us the respect that we deserve and we'll show them the respect they deserve. But like I keep saying to people, Saturday's the most important game for us. What it will do is it's not a season definer. It's another another game. It's a different challenge they'll bring to other teams that we've had this year. They've got obviously the two of the leading goal scorers in the division. So every game is is a, is a separate event. And I think from, from our perspective, I've been delighted with the way the, the, the club is going. Delighted with obviously this podcast is 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 massive. It's when I heard it, I thought, wow, you know, it's it's something going again in the, in the right direction. The passion that we see from supporters, the numbers we're traveling with. And I think the results at the moment have sort of spoke for themselves. And a lot of that is, is credit to the boys who've come in. Obviously, Alfie Osborne and Harry Beaumont have come in as the captain and vice-captain. They've been fantastic for us. I mean, Alfie's been something else, you know. I, I don't think he's, in, in the people I've spoken to, I don't think he's ever really been afforded the credit that he's, he's deserved. Oh, great, Charlie jo- yeah. oh, great great person. Yeah. yeah, Great person. Harry Beaumont. I met, I met Harry Beaumont and shook his hand. And the good thing with these is a lot of these boys sort of approached me, but they were already on our shortlist. Mm. You know, so in the summer when those opportunities arose, they've come in and they've done everything that I thought they would do and a little bit more. They've been even yeah. better. Their, their receptiveness to, to new information, to the stuff that we do, to watching their video clips, to analysing things. Unbelievable. The two goalkeepers, Connor and Charlie, have been incredible for us. And what it's done is it's actually helped the vast majority of last year's group. Carl Davis and Gordon, oh, he's been fantastic. Tolu, Iqbal 
It's been incredible. So the, the new signings have come in and they've given everybody that lift. They've given us that boost. Kelvin's like a new player. You know, the Kelvin last year is nowhere near the Kelvin this year. But again, talk about a player that accepted an honest chat in the summer. Took it. He's come back. So over the last 12 games, winning has gone way deeper than actually the results, the stuff that we've seen off the pitch. Ramel Sterling, the way he's emerged. You're looking at, you're looking at, you know, Ethan Creary has gone up, gone up a new level. I mean, Terence, up until his injury, for me, was was he's, he's been the best, the best fullback I've seen at this level. Yeah. Um this year. He's been phenomenal. And it's a real blow for him. But look at Ramel Sterling, drops back into his position. Unfamiliar to him last Saturday. Man of the match. So we've got so many things. We've got, you know, Manny coming in. My phone doesn't stop, mate. I've got so many people that want to join this football club now. Yeah. And that's that's a testimony, not just to us, that's a testimony to the club itself because people want to be a part because they see the club in the social media side. But like I remind everybody, we're there to be shot at. Mm-hmm. When you're successful, when you have a half-decent run, people are there to get you. So our ambitions don't change. And I've said this before, when you start looking too far ahead, that's when you start to trip up. When you start, that's why we don't, you know, go into yesterday's game and rotate 12 players. What for? What are you going to do that for? We mm. keep the squad and, and you bring two or three in just to keep it fresh. Um, Luke Dunstan's back Saturday. What a signing he's been. You know, yeah. for, for me, in my opinion, he's, well, I, I, you know, as I, I, he knows what I think of him. He's yeah. a top, top player yeah. for this level. And um, the, again, every single one of those boys, mate, has come here for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, and I mention every one of them and there'll be people sitting there thinking, oh, mate, well, he's left me out. He's, well, no, not at all. Look at look at the start of the season. Did you ever see from last season Carl Faulkner and Joe Sellers West sitting on the bench? Yeah, start of the year? I know. Right? Now yeah. look how well they're playing. They've been fantastic, them two. So there's a real a real good vibe within the camp, and it's a long way to go, mate. But you know, fingers crossed. As I said, we'll, we'll keep going in the right direction. It's all we can do. Most important thing is to try and win the next one on Saturday. It's not going to be easy. We know that. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll have a good crowd. We'll have a passionate crowd, and hopefully, mate, we're all smiles again at the end of the game. At, quarter to five when it's all over and we're all in a good place. Yeah, that's it, mate. I mean, I had a couple of their fans come up to me last night and this proves how far we've come as a club as well. He went to me, oh, he's, I don't know, he was, he come up to me, he said, oh, late in town, I'll show you boys how to play football on Saturday. I went, you've clearly not seen us play football this season, mate, because <laughs> I'm thinking the other way around, mate. So, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, there's still that perception out there. It's, I don't know, some old guy tring you in. You'll be in for a good game Saturday as well. Mate, I've seen us play every game this season. Trust me, Leighton Town will be as worried about us as we are as about them. But mate, We had a few of them supporters yesterday that said the same things yeah. to me. And, and like I always say to people, sometimes people get a little bit too giddy with, with mm-hmm. style and style over substance. Yeah. And I always say to people, at the end of the day, you can have all the possession in the world that you want. We've had games this year. Shefford, we dominated the ball. We went out to the FA Cup. It's not about that. Possession is the most overrated stat I've ever heard in football. It's a, it's a, it's a nonsense. It's for it's for statistical nerds who sit there and they want to they want to justify certain things. At the end of the day, they have a way of playing. Good luck to them. I don't criticise the way that anyone else plays. All I all I worry about is winning. Now, at the end of the day, all it says on the scoreline yesterday for all the all the comments we had, and I've got to be honest with you, I, I found some of the comments a little bit bewildering mm, because too. it's not as if it's not as if we've nicked a one nil win. Dominated that second half. Connor's made a great save, but mm. we've had you know one off the goal line. We've had two blatant penalties. Whether you watch it back, it's even more blatant. Yeah. And you think, how on earth have they been missed? We've had a goalkeeper to be fair has made a great save and you're going to get that all the time. And that's why I said to you earlier on, you're going to get people shooting at you. Mm. Substance doesn't worry me. At the moment, we are scoring goals, loads of them. We're conceding few, still too many that I want to concede. I think we're plus 24, 25 goal difference this year, which ain't bad. Um, could be better and it could have been a lot better. So I don't worry about all those comments. 
I was looking at it. When, they, when they're firing comments at us like that, it tells you that, that people are starting to take a yeah. little bit of notice. Exactly what and, I said. Yeah, if we get beat Saturday, mate, people will naturally come after us. I've told our players this. So we've got to make sure we win. And like I said, that they're a good outfit late and I've seen them. They've they've seen us. So it's gonna be a tough one. It's I've not I've not ever dealt with their manager before. I don't don't know him personally. So he's obviously recruited a very good side, but so have we. So we're looking forward to it, mate. Really looking forward to it on Saturday. Yeah, well, Joe, I wish you all the best this Saturday, mate. Just for, for you, me, mate. for me personally, mate, it's, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you over the over the past year, my man. It's it's good football to watch. That's credit to you, your management team, all the players. You know, very approachable. Um, I can just apologise now. I am drinking with the regiment on Saturday, so I might, I might not stand him in the usual spot behind the dugout. But uh, you know, I'll hear you. Yeah, you'll hear me from somewhere, mate. But Joe, thanks very much, mate. And uh, mate, pleasure. Saturday, thanks mate. for having me on. No worries, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Talk of the Town podcast. I've been Andy Burrows with the Dunstable Town manager, Joe Dini. We will see you next week. Up the Blues. Everybody, it's your host, Andy here. Thank you, everyone, so, so much for tuning into today's episode. Amazing to talk to the Dunstable Town uh, manager, Joe Dini. Uh, make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Yes, we are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at DTFC pod. Make sure you go and check us out. The description to all the podcasts is in the link tree. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast and Google podcast. Just want to give a big shout out as well to George Lewitton, whose birthday it was today. George, happy birthday, my man. I hope you had a good day and up the blues.